welcome back to the the podcast where there's three rules. One, <laughs> one, is this movie better or worse than Vin Diesel's 2005 masterpiece, The Pacifier? Two, two and three are both be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a, what? Yeah. The second that came up in the movie, I was like, all right, Luke's doing the intro this week, but like either one of us would do that immediately, right? <laughs> it's, I'm always, it's like when you watch uh, old episodes of the A-Team and you're, I feel like I'm always expecting uh, BA to be badass and it's always bad attitude. That's how I feel about Be Nice every time I watch this movie. Yeah. Um, and that movie... In case you you weren't sure yet, we watched Roadhouse this week, and the podcast you're listening to is No Highway Option. I'm one of your hosts, Luke, and the bar that I would be bouncing at uh, would be the, the duck-billed platypus. All right, and I'm your other host, Connor J. Burke, and the bar I would be bouncing at would be, of course, TGI Thursdays. I gotta work my way up to the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> and we have two special guests today. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Oh, yes. I will start. Yes, my name is uh, Joe, and the bar that I would bounce at would be called Five Foot Four and Under, because uh, that would be about the height of the person that I'd be able to bounce out of a bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Cameron. Uh, I'm Joe's co-host on the podcast, Podcasting in Paradise. Um, and if I were a bouncer at a bar, that bar would be called the Purple Punch because it's so oh. tasty that you don't even recognize the alcohol. <laughs> that's nice. a, that's an inside joke from our podcast. <laughs> well, I guess our listeners will have to listen to that to get it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we got our plugs. Uh, we're good. over on our instagram coming attractions game which happens the first sunday of every month at no highway pod alex levitt mike king and brad robinson all got it right sorry chris yes you do know the movies we do i don't know how you were stumped by the throat ripping mcgruber hint (laughs) um the first sunday of every month as mentioned over on our instagram page we do a mini coming attractions game for 24 hours on our story it's picture clues and if you guess the movie based on the picture then you get a shout out on the show just like this one so go over there and check it out but for now enjoy the rest of roadhouse so does anybody have any history with this movie uh i've seen this movie before but i didn't really remember anything from it other than the fact that i really enjoyed it as a 13 year old (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i've never seen this was my first time nice i think i think uh luke and i lived together for one year in college and i think this was either a hungover saturday or before party friday night movie that was just on and i don't remember watching it much i just remember you and I think Tyler being like Roadhouse, Roadhouse, yeah. Roadhouse, and I was either like I want to go somewhere or I want to die because I'm hungover. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't remember which. Yeah, I think it's was... dangerous to watch it before. Right. Um, yeah. It's you know, a yeah. weird mind, yeah. mindset. Yeah. Yeah, it sets unrealistic <laughs> expectations for the evening. Yeah. Um, yeah, and much the same. I it's, this is probably my 
third or fourth time. I'm not sure. Um, but it's it's classic. You know, It feels like a movie that I should have seen when I was younger. Like you said, you watched it when you were 13. Mm-hmm. It I watched a lot like... of movies that were not appropriate for me to watch at the age of 13. <laughs> yeah. And this was one of That's them fair. for sure. But it's right in that like that wheelhouse of those '80s movies that I, I feel like were my childhood or teen years, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to establish right off the bat uh, with Cameron and I because we were talking a little bit before uh, we got on the pod, and uh, we're we're big fans of uh, of Kurt Russell, and uh, we are ha- having a little bit of trouble um, where we will accidentally call patrick swayze kurt russell because we feel like uh kurt russell would have been a better uh option for this movie than patrick swayze and they kind of look really similar to the two of us so if we (laughs) say kurt russell at any point in this podcast which i'm sure we will what we actually mean is patrick swayze and vice versa emotionally i'm just committing to kurt russell throughout the rest of this uh, sorry yeah they've both got the charm they've both got insane amounts of charisma and they both have the mullet ish hair although you know we have deep fake deep fake technology is has has become sophisticated enough that we can actually put kurt russell in this movie it's very possible although i feel like sam elliott's hair in this is a little more snake plissken than patrick swayze's uh, and it's also very similar to cameron's hair right now if you're if you can take yeah. a look at the way that cameron is wearing his hair uh, <laughs> oh you got the back ponytail here. and everything yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> i knew it had to be for this recording once i saw him so seductively look up at that stage where that poor poor woman was dancing <laughs> and put his yeah. hair up in a knot that's how you know it's kick-ass time. Yeah, especially, well, especially when actually, it falls out immediately. Yeah, yeah. When 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 the hair goes up in the knot, it's time to look at boobies, and when it comes out of the knot, then it's kick-ass time. <laughs> it's kind of like in the show Kung Fu, the old the old uh, uh, the old show Kung Fu. When he took his shoes off, that's when you know it's time for him to kick some ass. Uh, with Sam Elliott, when he takes the scrunchie out of his hair. That's the the signal that uh, it's time to kick some ass. Sam Elliott looked young in this movie, but still old at the same time. He which looked, I guess yeah. has kind of always been his thing. He looked hot in this movie. <laughs> we, we both think I, he looked That's hot. what we were he dancing was, around. I mean, yeah, every, like, everybody, pretty much everybody's hot in this movie besides like two people, maybe. But it's amazing because we're watching a movie with in which Patrick Swayze is in his prime. And yet, I think Sam Elliott is the most fuckable person in this movie. And I'm including, Whoa. like, Doc Doc in, in that discussion as well. I'm including <laughs> uh, the, the you know, what's his name? Who's the, the town boss's girlfriend? Oh, oh man. She doesn't I know her name. Lines. Uh, the, <laughs> one who, the one who they call a pet. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it weird how none of the women in this movie have names? I mean, uh, like, did Doc have did Doc have a name other than Doc? Yeah, it's Eli- Elizabeth. 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 Oh, Elizabeth. Okay. But yeah, um, I think the girlfriend is named Denise. I have the Wikipedia up, so okay. Uh, How old is Doc supposed to be? Also, <laughs> she's a hot twenty-two-year-old doctor. I was yeah. gonna say late twenties, early thirties. Maybe she's a new doctor, significantly younger than the villain. Mm-hmm. yeah well the villain's a creep the uh yeah. brad 
Brad, what, whatever his last name, Brad Wesley. I know if I just sit, call him Brad the whole time, then friend of the show and friend of me, the <laughs> Disney College Podcast, Brad, will just message me the entire time being like, that's not me. I didn't say that. <laughs> it's not me, right? <laughs> I'm not that bad a guy. You no. know this. Well, should we do yeah. this beat by beat backwards or what? <laughs> yeah, just start from the end. Do a whole memento episode yeah, about right. Roadhouse. <laughs> Well, our our movie kicks off, and we're at um, what's the name of the first bar? Anybody know the name of the? Uh, I think it just said live music. Ah, live band. I thought I wrote it down. Oh, but the bandstand. The bandstand. Oh, band yeah, band yeah. band That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Like the American one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a this is a world in which bouncers are like nationally recognized and famous. A world where bouncers, like, they have their own little, like, whisper down the lane. Everybody knows every bouncer. All the bouncers yeah. have some type of recognition. Also a world where everybody has a knife. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody if, knows how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> if if it feels like an argument might start, then, like, there's something in their brain that's like knife time. Yeah. And <laughs> some of them are realistic. Like, you could have a switchblade in your pocket. Somebody has a Rambo knife yeah, that comes out of nowhere. Big cartoon machetes, and they're like, well, this is the one thing to do in a bar, right? All right, I'm going out to the bar. Let's see, I got my binaca, I got my cologne. <laughs> I got... Oh, I almost walked out without my knife. Jeez, wow, that would have been bad. Oh, shit. I would have had Phone, to go back. wallet, keys, old Stabbington. All right, we're good. Yeah. What if I had a minor disagreement? <laughs> All right, I got, my, the... I got my hip blade, I got my sock blade. I got my. <laughs> I mean, the one guy has a shoe knife. I got my shoe knife. Yeah. <laughs> I got my Assassin's Creed glove. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess there's dive bars where fights happen a lot, but I, I don't know about to this extent. This, yeah. So. But I, it's a movie. Yeah, Dalton's a bouncer. He's played by Patrick Swayze. Well, he's, he's very a, hot. He's a cooler. He's a cooler, which is a special type of bouncer. The king of the bouncers. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think he he's like a bar. Like his role is like a bar manager, kind of. He's, he's like more the, of a bar manager. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, like a, a cut yeah. up John Taffer. Like he he's basically like when he gets. I know we're jumping ahead. When he gets to the double deuce, he's basically put in charge of the bar. <laughs> Pretty much, like all like managerial, like like human resource decisions are like go through Swayze now as as a condition of his employment yes yeah and the right, owner yeah. is just like wants to sit up and like like drink whiskey in his like crow's nest and just watch in his crow's nest so double deuce is this terrible rundown bar that's always having fights and dalton is hired to be the cooler there as we mentioned and the guy the owner of double deuce he has a shrine to a baseball player Mm. that like you see for half a second but it's just like a big thing that says the baseball player with four pictures surrounding it and i was like that looks important oh i missed that that entirely oh there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff that looked or or seemed important that was never uh that was never paid off at all like for example when that uh when that same guy and i forget the name of, of the the owner of that bar but he, when he hires or when he negotiates with Patrick Swayze to get him to come to the bar, he's like, I got your plane tickets ready to go. And Patrick Swayze says, I don't fly. It's too dangerous. 
And that seemed like something that was like an important character trait, but was never brought up again at any point in the movie. Right. He just, he doesn't like it. Uh, the owner of the bar is Frank Tillman. There we and go. It's spelled the same weird, guy right? who, uh, yeah, he played John like... Locke's father. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. There's oh, like dang. A G and okay. An H. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he looked familiar. Interesting. Dalton, like, switching out and hiding his car is a weird thing that happens a bunch. I love that. I, I, I love that trick. I, I don't completely get why he does it, but I'm well, like, because he knows okay. he knows that like when he when he goes to like when he goes to the double deuce for the first time, he's driving his Mercedes, mm. and that's his nice car, and he and he knows like okay when I show up this time, no one's gonna mess with my car because I'm not established myself as the cooler yet, and he knows and he gets the beater the next day because he's like okay now that I'm the cooler now that I'm the guy people are going to be angry with me and they're going to mess up my car every night, which is why he gets the beater. Cause he knows that's that people are going right. to mess up his car. That's a good trick. I actually like that. <laughs> he gets the beater in like a hundred tires. Oh yeah. And he, he knows, needed like, every, every single night, one. He, did. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to put the road in roadhouse. I also that... liked how, uh, when he goes to the auto mechanic shop for the first time, the guy's like, uh, Oh, you know this uh, the, the the windshield. It's going to cost more to replace than the car is worth. He's like, oh, it's it's okay. You know, I'm the new cooler over at the uh, the double deuce. He's like, oh, okay. Well, in that case, I'll just have a standing order for the windshield. So the guy yeah. at the auto parts, <laughs> yeah. he knows the score. He knows exactly yeah. what Swayze is doing. There's going to be a lot more good yeah. old red. I thought it was interesting that they mentioned like that the bar didn't start this way. Yeah, it went downhill. Yeah, it just yeah. kept getting worse. I think that's to place more of the blame on Brad, like as he took over the businesses, then stuff started getting worse. Brad is crazy. Like, there's a lot of movie villains that don't make any sense. Brad is very high up on that list. Yeah. Can you he isolate gets... that Brad is crazy and just make it like a text message thing for your friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be the preview for this week. Just yeah. a constant yeah, Brad is crazy. Brad is crazy. <laughs> You should, uh, yeah, you sh- you should like send a tweet out to your friend Brad and just like say like, hey, we gave you like lots of shout outs in this week's episode. <laughs> yeah. and just like, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna hear your name a bunch. Man, Brad buddy. is crazy. That psychopathic guy. Crazy guy, guy dude. <laughs> hey, so since we're talking about this opening scene in the Double Deuce, can I just say something real quick about like the whole pace and tenor of this movie? Um, yes. The tit scene where he's like, you can get some for twenty bucks. <laughs> Man, oh man. That's when I knew we were not getting any redeemable uh like female representation in this uh entire movie. Um no. and and I understand it's 89. Um man, that was rough. I think the trade-off was you got to see Swayze's butt and uh him do tai chi, right? Like that was the yeah. trade-off for all of the abuse and violence against women in this one. It was like hey, That was the, the little some, the little something they give to the ladies is that you yeah, can yeah. see his butt. Yeah. yeah. Two little substance. Two quick things to say about that, but first, I love in this opening scene, the one quote that I wrote down, uh, drunk guy turns to woman at the bar who orders vodka on the rocks, and he goes, hey, vodka rocks, let's see you and me get nippled and nippled, <laughs> <laughs> which is insane. But And not clever, the... like, it's just like the, like, you would think at least he would, like, have something, like, ready to go that was kind of like a play, like, on vodka rocks, but the, the truth is... He does not. That character did not think it was worth, like knowing this woman's name, so he no, refers he was... to her by her drink order. 
he was drunk Amazing. and he and he goes to the double deuce like and he was the spitting image of the ugly duckling from chicken little <laughs> oh my god yeah this 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 bar like that opening scene in the double deuce was crazy because i was just thinking my god this is a town that is populated by like the most beautiful women that the 1980s <laughs> had to offer and just like horrible like like extras from the movie deliverance type men just like these <laughs> grotesque yeah. men. background Sorry, actors I got, but yeah. yeah i got distracted trying to remember what that guy looked like and remember what i think her name is abby <laughs> mallard from chicken little were in my head but i think you're right i think yeah, I agree. Man, pull up a google image thing later you'll yeah. be like wow yeah <laughs> Google image search. What say we get nipple to nipple road? <laughs> also, the thing you were saying about like the treatment to women with this, but like also we got to see Patrick Swayze a little bit for the ladies. I feel like, and I think this is because I watched it when I was older and tonight I didn't exactly vibe with this movie, but it feels like this movie was made in a lab to be a date movie in the eighties hmm. because there's a huh. lot of slow periods of like, Look at this man. He's sensitive. He's tender. But he also rips some throats out. And we got tats. But also, <laughs> look at how nice he is. He cares about his girl. Holy shit, a monster truck. Like, it's... It, it, well, it just feels... He's got like a degree was... in philosophy from NYU. Yeah, that... <laughs> so That was kind of Swayze's gig, right? It's like he was he was the, the action star that was most appealing to women. Yeah. yeah, I probably yeah I would have yeah. to say, um, yeah. and I think probably because he does not act until uh, Sam Elliott gets stabbed. Spoiler. Um, yeah. The, uh, the I mean he has to play the cool guy, right? He, mm-hmm. He's not giving you anything else other than cool guy and flexing. Um, he has oh to be stoic. He has to be laconic because he's not really going to be acting. Now, if it were Kurt Russell, if it were Kurt Russell, then <laughs> <it would be laughs> yeah, I but don't it is know. A I think. Movie. I think Kurt Russell couldn't do the more stoic parts of it. Well, the, I think the he part, would have trouble. The part where Kurt, where the the thing that Swayze brings to the table that Kurt Russell doesn't is that I don't think Kurt Russell could convincingly do Tai Chi. That, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. and also I don't think he would look as good like in that scene in the hospital where he's getting like the side, like when he's getting like his lats stapled. I don't think Kurt Russell looks as good with his shirt off as Swayze, and I think that's kind of why Swayze was cast in this movie rather than Kurt Russell. It's because you need a guy who can convincingly do Tai Chi and who looks good with their shirt off. Also, I don't know if I would believe Kurt Russell had a degree in philosophy. He would be more of a, like, (laughs) sports management type or something. I believe he'd say it. Yeah, but then someone (laughs) would call him out, like, who's your favorite philosopher? And he'd be like, you know... Pluto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Since we're talking about his degree, I did notice that on the uh, internets, it does say that uh, Patrick Swayze's character, Dalton, um, has a PhD in mm-hmm. philosophy, which is a very impressive wow. and interesting character trait. Yeah, that's... In the movie, they do not say that. They say he has a degree. So what yeah, we're they did establishing not say a is that he has a yeah, bachelor's that's... in philosophy and then became a bouncer. And I think that kind of tells you what his level of philosophical understanding was. Well, I also yeah. think it, it tells us how few job opportunities are out there for philosophy majors. <laughs> you got to be a cool. It's the it's the it's the philosophy to bouncer pipeline. 
you know, of our university. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the just, very common one. Yeah. Can you imagine getting the terminal degree, spending 10 years in school, and then still saying, fuck it? That's what... Well, it's his calling. He's he's the second best. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Nick Miller in New Girl, where, like, he went to law school. He passed the bar, but he wanted to be a bartender. I'm also uh, just watching. You're still early movie. on. I, I'm watching. I'm on season three. I'm watching a ton of New Girl right now. Oh, I'm like, that was just that was fresh in my head. I was like, this this fits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and with the bar thing and everything as well. Yeah, Nick Miller also would be better if Kurt Russell was cast. Uh, going there, I mean, <laughs> I might as well put Kurt Russell in New Girl. Iffy, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He, he reads young. <laughs> Sometimes, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting i think a big interesting thing about dalton's character is i forget where i read this it might have been in the wikipedia but somewhere i saw this like genre defined as almost a modern western yeah okay and i think i get i think that's a reason why dalton has so much backstory that like doesn't go anywhere he's like a mythic cowboy figure going from town to town like he's got a friend who comes with him and it's just like oh we're uncovering more layers of this mysterious man who wrote it on adulterer well yeah the... on accident he didn't know <laughs> i i think the throat thing is fascinating because there's so much stuff that happens that isn't ripping someone's throat out we see him practicing tai chi and he mm-hmm. is clearly very good in hand-to-hand combat. Why is his finisher always Rambo ripping someone's throat out? Because there's no comeback to that. That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fight's over if you rip someone's yeah. throat out, right? Yeah, you get, you get your throat ripped out and you're just, you don't even have time to react. It's just, yeah. I had to laugh at Doc, like, checking that guy's pulse. I know. <laughs> Is he dead? You watched it happen. It's you know when it's when it's time to not be nice. It's time for throat ripping. I think that's yeah. the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird throat ripping arc. Can we talk about his 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 ethos? His his rules to bouncing? Yeah. So number one. one number one. Never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. A good solid rule. Relevant. Good. Good Easy solid start. rule for yeah anything you're gonna fight with. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless mm-hmm. it's absolutely necessary. Excellent. He starts a lot of shit inside the bar. Yeah, he, he, does, he follows these reason. rules. He <laughs> follows these rules for like the first night, and then just totally ignores them for the rest of the movie. I feel like he always follows rule number one, and then two yeah. and three is be nice. But <laughs> I, he, I think most of the times that fights start in the bar. He has the out of, like, not throwing the first punch. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, he didn't start it, but he didn't say you couldn't finish it inside the bar. Damn right, well, he's going to finish it, yeah. I did kind of like... throats on the mind. In that first, in that, like, very first scene, like, before he got to the double deuce, when the guy was, like, trying to pick the fight with him, and he's like, okay, let's take it outside, and then once they were outside, and you're expecting the fight to happen, he just, like, walks back into the bar. I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 why tension. he's the second. That's why he's the second best bouncer in the game. 
Because, I do like... because Wade wouldn't walk outside in the first place, as we saw from yeah. his uh, fight breaking no. up that didn't happen in the one scene that we saw it. Yeah, yeah he, like, pulled the guy down. <laughs> I did like how, when he first got to the Double Deuce, this felt like it was going to be, like, a Mighty Ducks-type movie of, like, mm. this ragtag bar group is going to make <laughs> the best bar in the world. And he We've fires, got... like, 50% of them within, yeah. like, a day. Yeah. Yeah. We've got this guy who sucks. We got this guy who's stealing. We've got this person who sucks. We've got a guy named Bear. We got a oh, woman drug like... we got a woman drug dealer. Oh, yeah. His it, like, name was Bear. His God, name it... was Bear. Every that time makes I looked so at him. Much more sense. Every time I looked at him, I'm like, if they remake this, that's Bobby Moynihan, one hundred percent. Big fan of Bear. <laughs> yeah. Bear was great. But yeah, it it just it that's what i thought the vibe was gonna be because i didn't remember it and then it was like no this is business drama action stuff i almost like it better when patrick swayze is giving advice that's obvious than when Mm -hmm. he's saying something that has a little bit to it like when he gets in that fight him and bear are in the parking lot and they beat the shit out of those two guys and then Mm -hmm. he turns to him like he's gonna say something really philosophical and he's like even the biggest guy if you kick him in the back of the knee he's gonna fall down like yeah "Yeah, patrick yes (laughs) that's just how bodies work (laughs) he's he is quite the knee hunter isn't he there's there's (laughs) almost nothing in between for him anything in between the knee and the throat is off limits but those two things right there (laughs) (laughs) well i thought that was just a a piece of of really constructive advice to to bear because he's saying to him like look i know you're not like the best fighter so if you just take out the guy's knees, then you're good to go. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Watch your knees. Yeah. <laughs> Early on, like when he's making his cuts, uh, you know, obviously, like okay, this guy's too aggressive. Got to get rid of him. This woman's a drug dealer. This this guy's skimming. I also like when he had the the guy who uh, who brought the maybe underage uh, women into the bar to like sleep with them, and Patrick Slazy. You know, he catches him. He catches him doing that, and he says, "Okay, you're out." And the guy's justification is, "Wait, I'm on my break." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rules don't apply. I'm on break. Yeah, <laughs> it's solid. It's solid reasoning. I thought. Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he should have. The mistake that he made was not having sex with the maybe underage woman while he was on his break. The mistake he made was that he didn't take it outside. Mm, there it is. Would be nice. True. Yeah, he would have he... been he would have been bulletproof if he had taken it outside. It's the fact that he did it in the bar, which is breaking rule number two. Yeah. It wasn't a very nice. He was, and he wasn't very nice when he was saying it was his break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just this whole thing. Uh, there's the reason that the Brad stuff gets introduced is because uh, I think his name's Pat, the cashier who's skimming. Mm-hmm gets fired but because he works at the bar he doesn't work for the bar he works for the liquor people who brad owns which i don't think that's how that works i've never he was been also so i don't know wasn't but... wasn't he brad's like nephew or something like yes. he was like actually related to brad yeah that's that's like the big thing and yeah. brad is a mafia don yeah a mafia don in a place with no organized crime he's just like i'm gonna do this He's got he's got underbosses. He's collecting he got, protection money from every business in town. He's got plenty of goons. He's got a monster truck because <laughs> yeah, that monster because truck because eighty nine. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was uh, 
it was Chekhov's monster truck. You know, they introduce yeah. it in Act One, and then they use it in Act Three. Because that would have that would have sucked if they just had it. I know, yeah. right? Uh, I I think it would have been funnier if they just had it. Because when it first rolled up, I laughed my ass off. I'm like, all right. <laughs> well, the do, best do they just the best like, scene was when like they were using the monster truck to like stake out the double deuce so like <laughs> you're you have like you know patrick swayze's getting off his shift doc is waiting for him and you just see the monster truck like 20 feet in the background in this empty parking lot and, <laughs> and it turns out that they're just like there to like just stake the place out in the most conspicuous vehicle possible yeah a notoriously still... quiet and stealthy vehicle a yeah, monster, monster truck, truck. yeah and also, like these, it's not like these guys have never been to the bar before. They've rolled up in the monster truck and started shit like once or twice already. So if I was Patrick Swayze, like I go out there, I see Doc, and then immediately I see the monster truck. I'm like, okay, those guys are gonna try and do something with the bar. Instead, they just ignore it. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. It's. It's all so I, strange. Yeah, I think Doc and the the girlfriend who didn't have a name could have been one character if mm-hmm. they changed the girlfriend some. I mean, they did mention that Doc and Brad had a thing, didn't they? No, Brad wanted to have a thing. Wanted Doc. to, okay. Again, there was I, a 40 or 50 which, year age gap. Yep. Is yeah. Alright, so she was smart about it. Yeah. I, the other girl was a, was superhuman. Um, because there's the, like, tension of, there's clearly some marital stuff going on, some, Uh some, um, Hmm. domestic abuse is, it's, that's It's a really fun word to forget in the middle of your sentence. Um, (laughs) (laughs) put that on my tombstone. Um, yeah, but, so they build that up, and then it's not like she has, like, a black eye. Like, they see her the next day. And the whole side of her face is beat down. Like she rolled out of a car. But she's just up. She's moving around. Yeah, she's doing jazzercise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To some big old 80s pop music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's my headcanon, is that she is like some sort of superhuman. But she just doesn't use (laughs) what Brad gave her her powers, so she doesn't use them on him. I cannot think of one single reason why she stayed there, why they didn't have that. Even even like just some small arc of her saying something and leaving. Well, that would would be character development for a woman. (laughs) That that would have been giving a woman woman agency. And in these 80s movies, like if, if any woman has agency, one's the limit. Like the main, (laughs) the main lady, unfortunately, yeah, right. Like we have the one, the one woman in this who is like allowed to have a name, who's allowed to be smart and who's allowed to like make decisions for herself. And that's it. And since we're talking about it and I apologize if we are totally astructural at this point. Oh, um, it's fine. The, uh, there are two women that have any level of development in this movie. The first one is, uh, uh, brown hair bangs lady who gets to be a rock star. And uh, that's cool. And then uh, that's approximately where they introduce Doc. And that's also when you never hear about, n- never hear from Bangs again. Just she's Bangs is done. She's that yeah. no more lines. Yeah. No more yeah. development. Doc's development is, hey, I think I want to have sex with this murderous psycho. Then 
I'm going to have sex with this murderous psycho. Then, why is this murderous psycho being so violent around me? Then, this murderous psycho did not technically commit murder in front of me this time, only as an accomplice to murder, so we may have sex. The end. <laughs> that was the whole movie. That was the, he, <laughs> the entire movie. Pretty much. I mean, he killed, he killed one person, I'm out. He killed four people, <laughs> I'm back in. Well, it was for a good cause, you see. That's yeah. true. Yeah, and he didn't rip the throat out at the end. <laughs> That's no, all she he, needed to see. <laughs> he just stood. He just stood there doing a Ninja Turtle's hand, and then stopped. Yeah, he showed restraint. He, that's that's his growth as a character. <laughs> he stopped so that every single business owner in town could take one shot at Brad. Yeah, which was awesome. fantastic. Yeah, that. Yeah, that was i feel like the second act of this like a lot of fat can be cut out like i don't Mm -hmm. think this movie needs to be over 100 minutes long and it is Mm -hmm. and like that's so i was kind of out but then pretty much once he got into the trophy room and brad was like uh welcome to my trophy room i'm only missing one thing and i was like your head and he said your ass i was like that's better all right i'm back you got to be fair it's a much better trophy from swayze than his head if we're being fair that ass doesn't quit (laughs) that face is whatever i'd put him about equal that's i think i got nothing rude to his butt (laughs) i think he has a good face it's a compliment to to his face rest in peace (laughs) i liked how they established visually that he was turning around the bar by showing like the gradual incorporation of like more and more neon (laughs) (laughs) yeah like they like this is a nice bar now because like we took the cage down there's a ton of neon and there's like a checkerboard floor pattern so everything is all good i thought the first time i saw the cage and like just what is that oh you know band cage i thought that was hysterical I was thinking of blue, I was thinking of uh, Blues Brothers because uh, they had the band cage in Blues Brothers as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's... that might have been like a thing that like actually existed in real life. Yeah, there's, there's, there's like definitely that. certain bars where, but I like I've never been to one. Yeah, I haven't really been. To, I mean, I haven't been to a bar in a while because of everything. But I've yeah, right. never gone to one that like what do you mean? was that much. <laughs> Do you think that there were people who were like nostalgic for the old Double Deuce, like after after Swayze turns <laughs> um, things around, like oh man, I remember when that when that place was a shithole. That was the, that was the yeah. good old days. Kind of like how people like are nostalgic for like nineteen seventies and eighties New York. Yeah, like back when things were dangerous. <laughs> don't yeah, be, like... don't pretend like that wouldn't have been us. By the way, like what the fuck? There's a line at the Double Deuce. Oh, this yeah, place is yeah. Dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this place is over. <laughs> You're telling me I came home from the Double Deuce with zero blood on my clothes? What am I supposed to do with all this club soda then? Yeah. <laughs> that place we, used we, to be cool. <laughs> we hang out in the parking lot now because that's where the fights happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to build our own bar called the Triple Deuce Knife Wait, Fights Every Night. Nice. What we do now, what we do now, we used to go into the Double Deuce looking for fights. Uh, what we do now, and it's actually saved us a lot of money, is we go to the liquor store and then we hang out in the parking lot, and then we look for fights out there. And that's actually worked really well for us. Saved us a ton <laughs> of money. It's also... Especially when the drinks are getting more expensive in there. Yeah. Yeah. Do we get any of the backstory about the blind musician, or do we just know that they're friends? They are friends that you that worked another bar together. Mm. Okay. Things that get said. 
That guy must I, have been like an actual musician, right? Because he, he was. Yes. Okay. He was. There was a credit musician. for it. Yes, and he was an actual blind person as well. Yes, um, I didn't. Which that. was encouraging because they make a comment in the first scene where he's like, "Oh, that's the type of bar where you're sweeping up the eyeballs at the end of the night." And I was like, "That's a funny thing to say." And then I saw they had a blind musician. I was like, "Oh my god, was that a blind joke?" <laughs> and no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Is, is it was that a coincidence. what happened? <laughs> it was, no, is that, that a coincidence? Yeah. Yeah. Not that minute clever. twelve. They they said the eyeball thing. And then I remember the eyeball the thing character. very yeah. specifically. Yeah. Yeah, because it's such a weird line. It's like, like there's a lot of weird lines in here. <laughs> yeah, this. But like, if you say teeth, that makes sense. Someone might actually say that. Like, now it's the kind of bar where you're sweeping up eyeballs every night. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but that's. Just I guess it is. Teeth. That's yeah. to show how violent it is. Yeah. I also I like how this uh, how it began kind of with with Brad's whole revenge thing against. Uh, Dalton. I like how it began with like the monster truck and with some like fights and attacks, and then I think he just ran out of ideas because he just started blowing stuff up. Yeah, just like it was one nuts. explosion. One He's getting huge frustrated. explosions. Yeah, like I kind of understood the uh, auto shop having an enormous explosion because like there's oil in there, there's like flammable car stuff in there. That that that's going to be like fireworks, enormous. But then when the farmer's house blows up, it's equally big, if yeah. not bigger. And I was like, that's, that's a bit much. The farmer who doesn't own a business in town, who hasn't really done anything to Brad at all. No, just Patrick Swayze lives farm. there. Yeah. That guy and is also is... just across the creek from, <laughs> yeah. from where he yeah. lives. Which was And bold. that guy... He's from, like, a different movie in a different era. Like, he was, like, a farmer from, like, the 1930s in this movie from the 80s. You know, he, like, had, like, the overalls and the fedora and the giant beard. He just did not belong in this movie. I couldn't get a sense of the size of this town. Because there appeared to be, like, two businesses, right? There was an auto shop and a bar. Yeah. And And the car dealership. Yeah, it's only, like, when we get the... The, when we finally get the payoff with Chekhov's monster truck that we see like there's an actual town attached to this roadhouse. Yeah. Yeah. And he Brad mentions like he names some businesses he got to come to town, I think. I think JC he's like, Penny. Oh yeah, I got a seven eleven in here. Coming. And I was like, Where? <laughs> yeah. They were like one radio shack away from naming every business that is mm-hmm. like on its yeah. way out. Yeah. We got a we got a, a Mervin's coming in. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, we got uh, Fry's Electronics. We got. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't worry, I didn't forget about the kids. Dirt themed. <laughs> yeah, the underage <laughs> girls. You have a Sears credit card. Yeah, we're getting a Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. It, uh, oh sh- man, I, I I forgot the name of that that department store. Uh, I wanted to say J P Morgan, but that's not right. JC Penny. JC No, it was uh, Montgomery Ward. Yeah, we got Montgomery oh. Ward coming in. Ah. He does. Uh, doesn't he specifically? Does he actually reference JC Penny? I think. Yeah, yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. He yeah, okay. JC Penny wouldn't uh, be here if not for me. Again, where is it then? Right. It's in well, the yeah, town talk... area that we see once in the movie. <laughs> yes. They're really trying to go on this small town thing with the the auto shop and every everything that we see that isn't the business. Every mm-hmm. kind of landscape is very uh, small, towny, and then 
every time they show the bar being full of people and turning around, there's a line down the street. There's so many people there. And then the car dealership is huge. It's mm-hmm. not like a small one. No, it's pretty pretty substantial, I would say. So then, how does anything, any of this get to happen? How does a guy in town get to own businesses enough to, in broad daylight, drive his monster truck through the business and blow other ones up? I think he, I, I mean... I kind of dismissed it when you said it at first, but I think you are right. I think he is a mafia don without the mafia. <laughs> I, yeah. That's the only conclusion I could draw. And but only I think you can sell a... the monster truck show as a show, right? right. <laughs> this is for fun. We're just entertaining night, right? Or day, I guess. Yeah. And only a Midwestern mafia don would have a monster truck as as a weapon. <laughs> that's true. And I was so happy. Like I know that that scene was like a scene where. Uh, we were supposed to like feel really bad. I felt great when I saw the monster truck uh, <laughs> blowing through the car dealership because I was like, finally, this th- this vehicle is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Because I always felt like it was more of a hindrance than a- an actual asset until that very scene. Yeah, it's, yeah. I f- I feel like a lot of the cool scenes or like the fun action stuff mostly revolves around bad things happening Mm -hmm. so you're like yeah monster truck yeah big shootout yeah all this but like also oh yeah i guess we're rooting for dalton huh (laughs) i don't know i wasn't full-on rooting for him it was just kind of like oh cargo smash cool (laughs) yeah and this is the late 80s that was that was for sure like for the audience the audience is supposed to feel excited when they see the monster truck Mm -hmm. like the late 80s is like peak monster truck era mid 90s might have something to say about that yeah we remember the out there oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i i feel like peak monster truck has never ended just people have grown (laughs) as have the trucks this sunday 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 (laughs) super truck everybody's experiencing their own peak truck monster truck it's like yeah. SNL, whatever era monster truck you grew yeah. up with. <laughs> monster truck. Look, there's never going to be a greater one than Gravedigger, okay? Yeah. The discussion's yeah. done. I saw him the whole time. Look, Sandberg, Hater, Gravedigger. <laughs> Listen, nobody could roll over a safety better, barrier better than Gravedigger, okay? He's all time. Uh, no Didn't he have weird lore, too? Like there was some kind of... Gravedigger came back from the bad th- dead thing. Yeah, I think <laughs> like, there's. Hang on, I'm gonna look up a cross a cross promo more. with WWE. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one there's one monster truck that I remember so specifically, and I like I think it only existed once for a thing, but there was a there was definitely a Donkey Kong monster truck at one point. Oh. Oh, yeah. And that's all I can think of whenever someone says monster truck. I can't <laughs> find any Gravedigger story. <laughs> any was it Gravedigger lore? Was its name Honky Kong? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to this movie. So guys, we, um, we've, we've, we've talked way too much about this movie without bringing up Sam Elliott. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. i think is like this movie kind of got in my mind this movie got started when sam elliott showed up i'll he second a... that he has the yeah. best line in the movie what's that when that guy's like oh you want to fight and he says well i'm not gonna show you my dick oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. what, <laughs> <laughs> what? 
because he calls him dickless. And it took me a second yeah. too. I rewatched that. Twice. Oh, that yeah. was the best line in the movie. <laughs> Hands down. That for when it comes to just like a line that was said, I'd say that's best for like a line in a scene in general. That's number two for me. I would have mm. to give it to Doc shouting, you're going to save these people from Brad Wesley. Who's going to save them from you? And then an enormous explosion happens immediately <laughs> afterwards. So, but Sam Elliott, man. Sam Elliott is by far the most charming and charismatic person in this movie. And he kind of has oh, to yeah. be because mm-hmm. Kurt Russell, or no, sorry, because Patrick Swayze, his performance is so flat. Um, but the thing is he he is so charming uh that the scene where they're in like the when they're like day drinking after a night of like drinking all night and then going to like a diner slash bar to like have some beer with breakfast as you do he does three things in that scene which are absolutely abhorrent and yet he is not (laughs) a dislikable character as a result so first he dances with doc and he, like, legitimately tries to steal away the girlfriend of his, like, friend and protege while Dalton is, like, within earshot and can see exactly what's going on. He and I'm, knows honestly, <clears throat> honestly, if I was Doc, I would have gone with 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 uh, with uh, Wade, which is his character's name. Because he's, as I said before, way more fuckable than, than Patrick Swayze in this movie. What about Joe, a sad ending? <laughs> Joe, can you talk him. more about how you wish you were Doc? <laughs> Yeah. how i wish i was doc oh yeah absolutely yeah. i mean i have a whole character i have a whole like fan fiction thing that i'm writing after <laughs> after i after i saw this movie between you know doc like it's a doc and wade you know if that had happened so he that's the first thing he does second thing he does is after she leaves he utters the line boy she's way too smart to have an ass that good or something along those lines yeah. <laughs> most blatantly oh, yeah misogynistic line in this movie and then he after that has a serious discussion with dalton about why it was okay for him to murder that guy in memphis and why he shouldn't feel regret about it (laughs) those three things put together honestly should make wade a very dislikable character in this movie but it doesn't because sam elliott's performance is so captivating that it's like yeah i still like this guy (laughs) yeah no he's 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 not a good man, but he's definitely a man's man. Mm-hmm. And he's the best. I mean, he's it's, aging, but he's the best. It's so yes. strange, though, to see him not with the push broom mustache. Yeah. Uh, like, was, that just... How early did he go gray, dude? Oh, I he's, mean, like a, he's like a Steve Martin type, where he probably went gray, like, in his 20s. Yeah, he is not a young man. He's... Um, let me look at. He no, looks I like, don't want. want can we estimate? Let, let's let's all go around and estimate oh, how sorry. old how old Sam Elliott was in this movie, and then okay. look up how old he was. I'm I, gonna go younger. I think he looked older than he actually was. So I'm gonna go with like 47. I'm gonna say he's 47 in this movie. All right, I looked it up. So okay, so you're out. I'll, I'll just I'm be gonna... the. I'm gonna um, price is right this one. 39. Oh, fuck you, Cameron. Okay. <laughs> and Luke's the last one. I'm gonna I'm gonna price is right that. I'm gonna go 41. One. No, god damn, no. you guys are the worst. <laughs> Alright, so 
Luke's the closest. Uh, he's born August 9th, 1944. So he's 45 when this movie's released. Oh, well, I was... Hey! I was the you closest when right. I went over. You busted. Price is right. You established Price is right. <laughs> it's always yeah, Price is right. After you guess. So, Connor, while you're on the subject of, of, uh, of uh, Sam Elliott's birth, can you look up the city where he was born? Sacramento. That's right. Sacramento Pride, Boom, baby. Sacramento's own Sam Elliott. That's right. He's nice. not from Texas. Oh, we're from Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, we're oh, from okay, Sacramento. Cool. <laughs> we're not just weird fans of <laughs> the capital of California. That's, we're actually that's from what Sacramento. I figured. Yeah. I was like, it's one of the other. They either live there. Either or these just people like... are psychopaths or they live there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, just we're just big huge fans, fans of Sacramento. Gem of the Valley. Yeah. The 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 Paris of the Central Valley, Sacramento, <laughs> right, right. the Ohio of California. Modesto doesn't have shit on us. No, <laughs> um, I'm sure these jokes are landing with your audience. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> like four people who are like, yeah, 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 yeah California representation. <laughs> yeah, fuck Salida. <laughs> unfortunately, though, Sam Elliott does die yeah, after does. Brad does uh, just dark knight two-face well in that diner scene he kind of he gives us a little foreshadowing right because uh because doc she says uh well you know i've been drinking all night and i got a shift at the hospital where i'm a doctor so i better get two hours of sleep uh and then doc and then she's like uh, what about you uh wade and he's like he says uh i'll sleep i get plenty of sleep when i'm dead which we don't know at the time is actually coming up pretty soon well. <laughs> Should have watched it, what you said. If you didn't know it then, when uh, when Dalton looks at him and says, we're going to get out of here. It's like, oh, he's dead. He's going to die. Yeah. Yeah, as yeah, as yeah, soon yeah. as you leave, he's dead. As That's soon always as you leave how okay. it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's always got to die to start the third act. It's, it's just it's a fact of life. Does he actually, like, from like a plot and storytelling standpoint, does he ever need to be in that town at all? that's like no. his his character is the whole second act i mean he needs the... to be in this movie obviously but like from a storytelling <laughs> standpoint he doesn't really need to be in that town because like dalton calls him at his current gig and he's like uh and he doesn't really tell him like oh i'm in trouble i need help or anything like that he i guess he just like he picks just knows that up. yeah but then by the time he finally shows up like Dalton kind of already has things under control, basically. Like they've already kind of fixed up the bar. Bit. He's still like dealing. He's still dealing with like the criminal syndicate in the town, but he's at least like in terms of like his bouncing duty, he's kind of gotten the bar under control. This might be giving the plot more credit than is due, but maybe. Yeah, um, I don't. He, I think he needs to be there to provide some tension. With the mm -hmm. sort of spiraling out of control of uh, right. of uh, Swayze, yeah, because um, he sort of is the the vision of the past, and Doc is the vision of the future, and Swayze's kind of. Caught. He's the. He's I think the Swayze's past didn't need to come into play. <laughs> Probably well, not. <laughs> well, if if you're going with the modern Western thing, he's always got to have a past. He's always got to have something mm -hmm. haunting him. Yeah, and it had to be that time he ripped a guy's throat out. Yeah. Also weird when Brad was like, I know you killed a man and it yeah. wasn't self defense and it's like, Oh, how do you know that? I just do. And if you own yeah. the town that much, why didn't you put him in jail? Then? Yeah. 
Well, had, there's like, no police presence in this town at all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Except like, for at the very end. Like, they, they, <laughs> yeah. they, there's like five murders in like the third act and no, yeah. no legal ramifications or anything like that. <laughs> the very end, where after Brad is murdered and everybody shoots him, the cop, they hide their guns and the cops come in and they go, what happened? This man has many gunshot wounds. And everyone goes, I don't know. Oh, that, that's the moment like anything? if this was a if this was a sitcom from the 80s that was that would be the moment when they freeze frame and like the the credits roll mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um i don't the there was also like the one goon who was like the big guy i think i heard them call him tigger but it could be someone is listed <laughs> as someone's listed as tinker on here so i guess that's him mm. um he just like, change it it looks like he's about to mention it or like tell them and then he looks in the trophy room and there's a see no evil speak no evil monkey figure mm. and he's like i didn't see anything that monkey oh. shot was so fucking weird <laughs> it was hilarious it's really cool it's really cool Again, this third act, like I, this movie completely lost me during Act Two. Well, and that this... that was so weird, like, cause, cause for some reason, like, they felt they couldn't kill the fat guy. I, I guess he was like a sympathetic character for some reason, cause he was like a goofy fat guy. So you could murder every other goon, but he, his end is like he has like a like a polar bear taxiderm polar bear knocked over him, and that whole scene, it's like you have a very serious like action packed <laughs> mounting tension uh scene and then all of a sudden you're in like an Abbott and Costello movie for like a second <laughs> yeah, a good match yeah and the polar bear falls for a good 15 20 seconds yeah he <laughs> yeah. just watches it's like that that scene in Austin Powers where like the guy like they're they're on like the really slow moving steamroller and <laughs> The guy just keeps yeah. going, no! Yeah. And they, they keep going, like, get out of the way, get out of the way. <laughs> he gets the last spoken line of the movie, too. Does he? Bear guy. Yeah, because yeah, the alpha down on him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, what like... about you? Did you see anything? Polar bear fell on me. <laughs> great. Another Cut great to the line. Song, the end. That well, was the last no, line they, in the movie. Wow. They had so, pool like sex the rest, and then end. The rest of the movie was just sex after that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it cuts. There's the singing, the blind guy singing. Mm. And the, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I definitely missed a bit of the, a bit of things. Cause I watched this on AMC's website, had it, the cable channel. And because I, this of course is an American movie classic. So yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it is a cable constant. Yeah. But every everything was censored. Everything yeah. was uh, oh, the su- the subtitles would be like, "Come on, you mother!" Parentheses deleted. Yeah, oh, bummer. Yeah, well, it was, I mean, this, this movie would be lame movie. to watch on cable. I would definitely yeah. watch this movie on cable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely missed a little something, and then having ads didn't help with me losing track of it in the second act. But it bought me back. Yeah, the censoring bummed me out too. I mean, like, luckily I had seen it before, otherwise I wouldn't know the stuff, but, like, they censor a lot. Yeah. They censor, no, the... they censor Dick in the line. The best line of the movie, oh. they censor it. Do they, yeah, we do just they watch just, different like, movies, then. But, like, yeah. do they context cut, do they cut? Do they cut it out completely, or do they, like, do, like, the thing where they dub in a, an alternate line? It's they just They do the thing where they cut the, yeah. Oh, man, so, that's a like... shame. Because I love, I love the alternate dubbings. You know, like, uh, 
on the Big Lebowski when uh, when John Goodman's smashing up the kid's car. <laughs> and he says, this is, this is what happens when you meet a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> I was going to say the snakes on a plane. I've had it with these monkey fighting snakes yeah. on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do we have anything else to say about it? What a going... sweet apartment. Did we talk about that? Aside I, from the, like the upstairs cool barn. Yeah. yeah, the barn where like he's like, in, yeah, you're going to be in a barn. The downstairs is just hay. The upstairs is kind of actually like a pretty sweet bachelor pad with a view of the yeah. lake. <laughs> Nobody wanted to rent it because no TV, but like. $100 a month? hard. Oh, and then the weird Presbyterian hate just for right. throw in. Yeah. That... <laughs> yeah. And by the way, if I if I lived across the lake from uh from Wesley and I got to like just like watch his nightly pool orgies, I don't think I would need a TV in <laughs> no. that apartment. <laughs> About those That's... pool orgies. Yeah. 80s swimsuits were so much better than they've ever been yeah. since. Yeah. Peak swimsuits. <laughs> For men and women. They're yeah. all awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good point to end it on. We hit all the points. Have, I don't have anything else to say. That's pretty much all of my notes. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? No, I was going to end on I was going to end on 80s swimsuits as well, and then Cameron took my uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I knew he right. would. Yeah. Uh, just on a personal podcast note, he does say that they're doing things my way or the highway. Oh, we yes. got very that. close to a title drop. I got real oh, excited. Man. So his his I, managerial so... style was was uh, we can contrast that with Vin Diesel, who does not give a highway option. Uh, exactly. Patrick Swayze does give the highway option. I, I think it warrants a special category of rating because of this, actually. So who mm-hmm. who would be the alpha between Dalton and Pacifier? And I think because that Dalton provides a highway option, I think we know. Well, Vin I mean, Diesel but we, wins. we we do know that Vin Diesel like contractually can never lose a fight in a film, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I think, yeah. like, just by by virtue of the fact that that's in his contract, he kind of has to be the alpha. Also, <laughs> there's no world where he gets his throat ripped out. No, never. <laughs> is a Navy SEAL, so that helps. Right. That's yeah. his pacifier character. Vin Diesel. Yeah, but he's in his, a Tai Chi. Yeah, his formative years were spent in the Navy SEALs, and Patrick Swayze's like went like took a couple of, like philosophy courses, yeah, and did like yoga and tai chi. So yeah, I think I think Diesel would be the alpha here. I I think I'm gonna I give this one to him as well. <laughs> well, speaking of that special criteria, it's a great you segue. Guys, yeah, do <laughs> you guys want to move on to the mm-hmm. criteria we do every week? Compare this movie to the past fire. Of course. All right. Up first, we have a category that uh, is probably indicative of a lot of stuff that you guys do on your podcast. We're going to talk about the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron, you want to start off with this or should I? Um, well, I'll, I'll say what I say whenever we hear something that fucking rocks. This soundtrack fucking rocks. <laughs> yeah, the, I think uh, we got to give it to Roadhouse here because we have that awesome, like they have a live band in this one. Yeah. yeah. They don't have a live band in Pacifier, good. and the band is like is is rocking. It's pretty pretty solid. Uh, actually, it's a very I in my notes I wrote it as an eighties tastic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze no actually wrote. Do you also did you also write eighties tastic as well? <laughs> I mean that's the way to describe it. Patrick Swayze actually wrote two of the songs. 
Don't tell Whoa. me that he wrote that that opening song because that was that was shit. That like that they're, at the they're uh, what's it called the music box. That that uh, heavy the metal bandstand. band. The bandstand. That heavy metal band that was at the bandstand. No, that was a real song that they were doing a cover of. Was I that think. a real song? Yeah, I think it was Blue Monday. The the band at the very beginning. I yes. Think so. Yeah. Oh, I didn't recognize that song. I hated it, but. <laughs> no, and uh, I, I wrote a note. I was like, "Man, '80s rock was terrible," which is why I was kind of happy when we got to the Double Deuce and they were just like playing like the '70s like blues standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's track number seven, "Raising Heaven" (parentheses in Hell tonight). Uh, wow. He doesn't sing that one, and then the final song, "Cliff's Edge," he sings and he wrote. Oh, awesome. So yeah, like, if you were well, if you were a male leading actor in the '80s, you kind of also had to be a recording artist. Hey man, like, that's kind of still true. Yeah. When did uh, when did Walker Texas Ranger come out? Because that know. is like the epitome of your. This is your show, so you just you get it. You get to um, see before this, right? Nineteen ninety three. Oh wow, wow, that's much more recent. It than looks I thought. yeah, ninety three yeah. to ninety three to oh one. Wow. That's if you're shocking, ever looking for yeah, yeah. Well, I think you find uh, yourself needing Chuck Norris singing in your life. Chuck Norris, he had a film career before Walker Texas Ranger, so mm-hmm. I think we remember mm-hmm. we remember Chuck Norris from like his films in the eighties, uh, and then we were, of course remember the iconic Walker Texas Ranger from the nineties, which I think may be why it seems like Walker Texas Ranger was earlier than it was. Yeah, probably. But I remember watching. I definitely remember watching that like on basic cable alongside hercules and xena warrior princess Mm -hmm. in the 90s so that kind of makes sense to me that it's from the 90s and i mean leading men who also have music careers vin diesel's got two singles (laughs) oh right yeah Yeah. (laughs) that is the thing that has happened now one which has come out like recently right didn't he like recently like during quarantine last year he had a single so the first one came out in like august ish of last year and then a second one was around October. Okay. Oh God. Yeah. Wow. The first one's not. The first one's kind of like ironically fun. I think I like it. Mm-hmm. It's the, the first one is pretty standard pop. Yeah, and it's like electronic. The second one is kind of meh. Do you guys have like Google alerts for Vin Diesel? <laughs> <laughs> no, it just shows up. Well, Should. Cameron, I got Google alerts for Jimmy Buffett now, and and Fingers Taylor. So. Uh, oh, he's no yeah. shame. I think he has he has Alzheimer's, but I don't think he's passed. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And when he does pass, we're definitely going to do a, a tribute we'll to Fingers Taylor. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's that's Sorry. getting off Excuse topic. Yeah. <laughs> speaking yeah. of Vin Diesel. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Vin Diesel, our next category is where does the main actor land on the Dieselometer, which is a ranking in, of all of Vin Diesel performances, both on screen and off. Mm-hmm. It's your your charm, your likability, your Vin Dieseliness, what have you? What'd you guys have? I think uh, Patrick Swayze is definitely more appealing to women than Vin Diesel. However, my wife actually has a real thing for Vin Diesel, which is explains why she's so into me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think if you're, it depends on your audience, right? It's like if you're if you're trying to just do a straight up dude movie. I think Diesel would be the better lead, but if you're, they're both pretty flat in their performance in general. But I think if you're if you're trying to do a dude movie, 
like this, Vin Diesel might be a better lead. If you're trying to appeal to women, maybe Swayze is a is a better lead in an action movie. Mm-hmm. I, so I guess I my short I'm, answer would be I think Diesel's a little bit higher on the dieselometer than Swayze. I Diesel, think. by Dieselometer standards, I think that Dalton Hughes a lot closer. He's not close to. I think Pacifier Diesel is better. He's more mm-hmm. charismatic for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah. if we're looking at Triple X, Sandra Cage, that <laughs> is close to what Dalton's giving you in this movie. Close I also had. Isn't it I also weird? had Dalton was Xander Cage. Yeah. Isn't it weird? Yeah. Cameron, you bring up a really good point. He actually kind of has gotten less charismatic as his career has gone on. Who, Vin, Vin Diesel? Diesel? Yeah, Vin Diesel. Well, when you're in like a million Fast and Furious movies, it's kind of yeah. like... Yeah. It's yeah. not on range. Yeah, I think it's he knows when to turn it on and also like yeah. characters being written for him have become less people and more Vin Diesel Hulk machine yeah for sure yeah yeah he's become he's become a superhero with like not really any specific superpower all of them yeah, Other anything. Than, yeah. just in just indestruct just general indestructibility yeah is a superpower i i think that that's written into the contract is fascinating yeah and it is yeah. indicative of like where he started and where he is now well i i think Have you that... guys ever tried to get diesel on the pod <laughs> not yet he'd be great on a <laughs> let's podcast. start a campaign yeah 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 petition.gov we do uh we do want him to come on here yeah maybe we can like here. do like a, a cross promotion where like we tr- we try to drive vin diesel to this podcast and you guys can try to like drive jimmy buffett to our podcast yeah exactly <laughs> jimmy loves We're very us. convincing yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy also welcome here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and any any vaguely famous person who listens, you are welcome on. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious if like if if you guys got Jimmy Buffett on your podcast? Because like he hasn't done any of the other Jimmy Buffett podcasts, <laughs> but like somehow like he comes on your guys's podcast. I've heard he just him really on loves one... the pacifier. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard him on one podcast before. Yeah, I don't think he's done one. He was a huge yeah. fan of My Brother, My Brother, and Me. That's the oh. one, yeah. And yeah. he had them do press for opening night of his Broadway show. Yeah, yeah. That episode That's the is dream. hysterical. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, sorry. Anyways. But yeah, and any relatively famous person, watch, it's going to be like Shailene Woodley is like, yeah, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, she's doing the circuit right now. Oh, yeah. man, that'd be a yeah. boon for you guys, yeah. Hey Shailene, come on, come get on this. Uh, we got to go. Come talk to us about the pacifier. Tell mm-hmm. us what it's like dating Aaron Rodgers. You know, yeah, whatever right. you want to talk about. Next up, did you ever give yours, Luke? Oh no, I didn't. You're right. <laughs> um, we we got rolling. I gave it a Groot. Um, mm. It's like because there is a a wooden just sort of action hero thing, um, but also there is points where there is a little bit of heart. There's a little bit of he's doing something. And those are like the very clear two speeds. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Now, next up. Did you like it as a kid? Would you have liked it as a kid? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I did love it as a kid. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the re- and for the reasons that we're talking about, uh, lots of violence and lots of boobies, which were really appealing to me when I was 12 and 13 years old. So, yes, I did love it as a kid. <laughs> I would go out on a limb and say those things still appeal to me. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think as a child child, probably not. But like, if you got this to me when I was 13 to 15, I'd be all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it was 2006 or whatever when The Pacifier came out and I had a choice, you can, <laughs> you can see one of these movies. I know it's going to be this one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd still go for the one with the duck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it depends. Like, how many throats is the duck ripping out? You know, that's really. <laughs> yeah. you, you watch The Pacifier. He can probably do that. That's Gary true. is a psychotic motherfucker. <laughs> Now, who who wins in the fight? Is it Gary or is it Patrick Swayze from this movie? Does Gary ever lose? <laughs> What's Patrick in Gary's contract? Lose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up. What did the director of this movie go on to do? Oh, man. The director of this movie, first of all, his name doesn't sound real because it's Rowdy Harrington. Nice. Stop it. Nice. <laughs> that's it that's his name did he do porn after this is that what he did no he became uh, a oh no i know the answer to this one he became a professional monster truck driver after this movie <laughs> <laughs> he did not have to change his name he directed episode of tales from the crypt gladiator but not that gladiator oh. this is a <laughs> boxing movie starring cuba gooding jr from 1992 oh that sounds vaguely uh, familiar Something called Striking Distance with that soccer? Bruce Willis. Or is that no, that's, it looks like a boat. All right. None of uh, Coming from a police family, Tom Hardy, played by Bruce Willis, ends up fighting his uncle after the murder of his father. Hmm. Whoa. Um, we need a remake of that one where Tom Hardy plays Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, his latest movie is Bobby Jones, Stroke of Genius from 2004. Uh, thing about a golf icon who retired at the tender age of 28. All right. Tender. That's what IMDb said. Well, 28 is pretty young for golf. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's when you just get started with golf half the time. Yeah, I know. Like, you you, you don't reach your peak until you're, like, 46 with golf. Too good. Wait, so is is this better than the pacifier director? No, because Adam Shankman has... I don't think have we ever done like an Adam Shankman dive on the show? I don't think we have. I don't think we have. He his directing credits are all over the place and I love it. And this was one of those like I just put it in here as a joke when we were first making it, but then I looked into his and I was like, oh, okay. Let's see. After the Pacifier, Cheaper by the Dozen Two. Oh wow. The 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 better of the two cheaper by the dozen movies, by the way. But then we got hairspray oh all right which is actually incredible bedtime stories rock of ages couple episodes of glee what men want hocus pocus 2 the sequel to enchanted hasn't the sequel to enchanted that hasn't happened yet right no it's happening eventually i think it's starting filming soon isn't it so isn't it so telling about hollywood that in a movie called what men want they decided to go with a male director because like isn't isn't what women what women want is like the movie where Mel Gibson can read women's minds, mm-hmm. and but, this is the one where it's like I guess a reverse of that. So it's like a female lead who can read men's minds. What women want was Nora Ephron. That was, that was, she was the author, right? Did she direct it? Yeah. Okay. 
Actually, you know what? You know, disregard what that actually makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense that you'd have a female director for what uh, women want and a male director for what men want. Never mind. You just, they just didn't need to make what men want because every movie yeah. is what men want. <laughs> Nancy Myers, not Nora Ephron. I get that oh, okay. a lot. Later, the star of Stranger Things. Yes, very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he did not have as good of a career as I think what we've established pretty clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not right. comparable is where no. where we're at. Yeah, there. No. Uh, so next up, who was the Brad Garrett or the Carol Kane of the film? Memorable mm. wacky side character. Uh, Sam Elliott, right? No question. Is he side enough? That's the only question. Yeah. See, I think he's super important to me, and I wouldn't. <laughs> I, mean, like, I think he's super important to me as well. I wouldn't call him like a crazy side character. He's memorable, definitely, but. I gotta give it, it's a tie to the Chunky Dudes. Either oh, uh, Bear yeah. and Tigger or Tinker, or whatever his name was. Every time they we're, were in a scene, I was like, Tigger. what are they doing next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so like the, the cartoonish character in the movie. Yeah. it's It's gotta be Tigger, because he's the one that gets that gets uh, the Abbott <laughs> the and Costello like having a polar bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's absolutely, yeah. 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 Well, see, I started writing down Red or the Farmer, and then I crossed it out. I was like, "What are you doing? It's Sam Elliott. It's got to be Sam Elliott." Yeah, that's yeah. But the Farmer definitely would. He was almost there. He just wasn't wacky enough. But you could definitely see, Mm -hmm. like, this is a guy from a different movie. Yeah, just didn't reach his full potential. I think. Exactly. Well, they made a. Didn't they make a sequel? Was the Farmer in it? Was anybody Uh, in it from this one? Well, we'll get to that. That's one of my things. All right, I'm interested. All right. Well, then next up, we have, was there anything as memorable as the Peter Panda dance? Hmm. I mean, the final scene, it's kind of cheating because it's the climax, but that final scene makes the movie. Matter of fact, if you just watched that scene, you saw the movie. That's, Pretty that's much. all of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the fourth quarter of a basketball game where like you don't really need to watch the rest of the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Yeah. For me, it's either throat ripping or monster trucks it Ooh. back and Monst- forth. monster truck is a yeah i think the monster truck monster scene because it was so gratifying when it happened that mm. i think that that gets it's it's the same it's the same thing right because the peter panda dance they're establishing it early on <laughs> in the movie the and you're not quite sure uh where it's going and then it, it pays off in a really yeah. satisfying way i think the monster truck you introduce it early on they're using it for their covert operations and it doesn't quite work. And then it gets to finally fulfill its purpose by smashing through an auto dealership. So I think, yeah, that's, that's the Peter Panda moment in this movie. All right. Yeah. Sound analysis. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, I, I still give it to the Sam Elliott line because whenever I think of this movie, <laughs> that is, that is the most memorable thing to me. <laughs> so do you it's, say that, that in your, the... in your real life? Like, <laughs> every time i'm approached with it, i'm fight. not gonna show you my dick so yeah yep. i'm just gonna start working that into my vocabulary my wife yeah. hey, look i'm not gonna show you my dick <laughs> what, do you, what does that mean i don't know <laughs> i'm just not gonna whatever you need it to mean <laughs> unless it's showing you my dick and then yeah. that's enough yeah <laughs> then you're misinterpreting <laughs> and uh last but not least is there anything as batshit insane as the Sound of Music subplot in The Pass Fire? Which, in case you don't remember, is a scene that comes in about halfway through the movie 
where one of the boys, Vin Diesel, is watching Seth, has a Nazi armband in his locker. He's got his hair bleached blonde. He's skipping wrestling practice. The school is like, we think he's a Nazi. Everybody's concerned. So Vin Diesel hops on a children's bike. He follows Seth down downtown where Seth is meeting. It looks like a group of Nazis, but then inside, it's not a group of Nazis. It's a group of people of varying ages doing a community theater production of The Sound of Music. He's just playing Rolf. His Liesel is 40 years old. Vin Diesel later goes on to direct that performance. Is there anything as batshit insane as that? Uh, I think other the, than uh, the general plot, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I would say the diner scene, or like the the day drinking scene that followed okay. the night of drinking, where and and I've already talked about it, where Sam Elliott does three like unforgivably repulsive things in a row, <laughs> but it's like still likable. That's fair. I think right. that that might, no. if if any scene in the movie is as batshit as the Nazi subplot. I think it would that would be the one, but I think you guys, we may not have that in this movie. I, I don't think so. Not a plot line. <laughs> no. See, for me, it's with this movie in general, it's the legacy of the movie. Hmm. Uh, so when it came out, it was poorly received and didn't do well at the box office. Hmm. And because it ran on cable TV so much, now people are like, oh, wait, this this is actually a lot of fun. This I really like it. So it got a sequel in 2006, released direct-to-DVD, about Dalton's adult son. None of the original cast is in it. No, oh, even Swayze's uh, not in the remake, huh? Nope. And it, uh, apparently Dalton was shot dead before the movie took place. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but it confirms Dalton's first name. Which is... Can you guess Dalton? it? No, he's not Dalton Dalton. This isn't Mario Brothers. Danny. Nope. Uh, I was going to say Andy because Andy Dalton's like a person, but I don't know. <laughs> James. James. Oh, Dalton. okay. No. That's no. kind of boring. Uh, there was also a 2003 off-Broadway musical, but it was staged as a comedy. Is there a, and it's is there full... a recording or? I don't know, but its full title is Roadhouse, the stage version of the cinema classic that starred Patrick Swayze, except this one stars Timac from the 80s cult classic Last Dragon wearing a blonde mullet wig. <laughs> That's the full title. That's awesome. <laughs> and there was a comic book with six erotic fan fiction comics based on the film that was oh, released well. last now, year. Now, was, was one of them last Doc, year. Doc and Sam Elliott? Or Doc and I Wade? don't know. It had to be. Yeah. Apparently it's called All Fucked Up Tales from the Roadhouse. And yeah. in 2015, they were going to do a remake starring Ronda Rousey. Whoa. Oh, yeah. The, like the gender reversal remake that they, that they was like in vogue did a few it, years ago. Yeah. Did it get canceled after she... Uh, in 2016, they just went, never mind. When did yeah. she When did she lose that fight? I don't know. Right around then. Yeah. <laughs> Probably right around Probably then. right after she got her shit rocked. They were like, oh, we can't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah but and then there's that family guy episode where that's all he says roadhouse exactly like that's the, i think the the legacy of this film is fascinatingly strange mm-hmm. i didn't realize it had such a legacy it is kind of like a cult classic like i i definitely oh, people love this movie despite the fact that it's like a 32 percent on rotten tomatoes or something yeah, well, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is not always the best judge of quality, but... Yeah, there's definitely some rotten movies that are beloved on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. I got a tattoo of my certified fresh rating over here. You're telling me this isn't worth anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it means that you're a critic darling. Yeah. My <laughs> next tattoo. I, uh, I initially said it was the town. The, the crazy fucking that we couldn't tell whether it was this yeah. huge town or the small town and all the stuff. But I, I think I want to change it to the knife stuff. <laughs> everyone has a town everyone has a everybody's knife. got a knife crazy ones that scene where patrick swayze uses the knife he wedges it in the gas pedal oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense <laughs> how quickly you would have to wedge that and get out yeah oh man <laughs> absolutely insane i love i just that knife had a lot of work in the last there yeah I, he when he stabs the guy in the house and he says uh, uh looks like it came up tails now i for sure thought he was going to pull that thing out whip it to the guy above him hit him straight in the head and go whoops guess it's heads but he didn't and yeah. i think that was a moment of restraint by the director <laughs> <laughs> the very first one in the entire film um, <laughs> the person only yeah similar to patrick swayze's restraint and not ripping the guy's throat out in the final scene the the director is also yeah. doing the same restraint i don't think the knife had to get pulled out at all yeah i mean i know that he had to for the thing but like blood would have been everywhere yeah that's 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 always the challenge when you whip a knife at someone is that at a certain point you have to go get it that's that's the real <laughs> <laughs> that's the real drawback of of knife fighting right course in this town everybody might just have another one you could leave it in there i mean if you're if you're entering into the world of roadhouse and you don't have two or three knives on you then you're you're gonna be killed immediately (laughs) you're woke yeah (laughs) you are expendable this idiot brought a knife to a four knife fight (laughs) 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 all right do you guys have a final rating for this movie Ooh. Um, I'm going to give it uh, two hot buns and uh, uh, four knives. Yeah. Okay, and right. similar to the rating system we have on our own podcast, uh, I, I have a margarita rating, which is how many margaritas I need to consume <laughs> in order to find this film enjoyable. And nice. I'm going to give this a solid, this is a solid two margarita movie mainly because of the length of it and how much fat there is in act two uh it would be enhanced by two margaritas i think all right you guys think better worse than the pacifier this is i i would i would choose this over the pacifier any day uh this is definitely a better movie than the pacifier i know you guys are pacifier truthers but yeah i think it's a better movie (laughs) than the pacifier i mean we we don't get mad. We've said that things are better than it before many times. So you'll admit that there are <laughs> movies that are better than The Pacifier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the whole thing with just The Pacifier, it's, it's, yeah. it's just such a strange movie that it's fun to talk about and like be a barometric comparison yeah. that wasn't even a phrase. Anyway, I would give this two and a half throat rips out of four. Oh, yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's as good. I think the the second act problems and the fact that it is much longer than it should be. Mm -hmm. It just didn't really gel with me. All right. I give it a 
one throat rip, two Sam Elliott ponytails, and some on the clock boning. Um, and I do think it's <laughs> I think it's better. Do you think uh, that the that the bouncer and that that woman were actually having sex in that scene? No, I think they were getting ready to. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that actor probably said something untoward and unprofessional, but I don't think that there was any. Sex <laughs> there. He definitely said that he would be willing to do it, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, look, I, I know. Yeah. Heard, so I don't know. If you guys want to make this real, you know, if you want to make it look more real, that's that's the suggestion I would make as a creative, my own creative input. <laughs> we'll pass it along. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's. That's Roadhouse, guys. And next up, uh, our guests oh. have what? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Our guests have picked the movie we're going to watch next week, mm. and they're going to make us guess what it is. It's time for the coming attractions game. All righty. So we got a good one for you. Okay. How many clues do you get? Is it one each from each of us? And until we guess it, or until we say we give up. Dealer's choice. Yeah, and I will start this way. Um, The subject of this film is even more feathered than the hair on Dalton. Feathered. Joe. Uh, That's a good clue. Uh, The the soundtrack to this film comes from uh, someone who's very near and dear to our hearts. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, what? Is, is the someone who's very near and dear to your hearts, is he in the film? Mm, he, I believe, produces, wrote, directed, did the screenplay, and has a cameo, if I'm not mistaken. And is it based on a book? Oh, I... I don't think so. Probably not. Right, Maybe. Never mind then. <laughs> I'm kind of lost on this. Cause... Okay, how about this one? Um... One of the stars is a well-known original Sacramentan who has recently gotten fame as a MCU uh, mainstay. How recent? Like the latest production? Uh, I actually, I don't know. Uh, This this Saint Native Sacramentan was an endgame, put it that way. Okay. The, oh, the feather thing is... That's, that's, that's what's really messing with me. It came out in uh, within two years of uh, The Pacifier. I forget which way. All right. Uh, similar, to, similar to The Lorax, uh, it's a film... It's like a heavy-handed conservation... Oh, my film. God! I forgot this movie existed. It is based <laughs> off a book. Okay, so, so it? It, it is who, right? It's who. It's who, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, who. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett does the entire soundtrack. <laughs> I did not know that. And Brie Larson that he was is from Sacramento, it. so yep. we have yeah. our, our Sacramento and our Jimmy okay. Buffett connection there. Yeah. I, oh my god, I can't believe, I, I remember reading that book and really liking it, and I think I hated the movie, but it's been years. <laughs> so I'm, ex- I'm, very interested in revisiting it yeah it's been a long while so uh, and we're yes. just gonna tell you right now the soundtrack is better i mean there's no question obviously. <laughs> yeah well we'll see yeah <laughs> right. well, well while we're on the subject of the soundtrack you guys want to talk about your podcast 
Yeah, um, Joe and I uh, have a uh, every other week podcast called Podcasting in Paradise, the only active, I want to say, uh, listen-along podcast where we go track by track, album by album, through the contemporary Renaissance man, James William Buffett. Yes, so you could uh, follow, or you could listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is the same for both. That is at Pod in Paradise. That is at P O D I N P A R A D I S E. And also, uh, this is brand new. I broke down and I got us back on Facebook. And I was kind of resisting. Yeah, Joe. I was resisting getting on Facebook, but I think given that the uh, the Buffett audience is a little bit older. Uh, that's a kind of a better place if we want to actually build our audiences to be on Facebook. Yeah, it's kind of a smart move. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that's the reason I did it, and I hate I hate Facebook personally, but uh, don't we all? Yeah, but that, I think in in, ter- in in the interest of the podcast, I got us on there. Yep, it's one of those quasi necessary evils. It is, you got to yeah. make sacrifices for the things you enjoy doing. So if yeah. you enjoyed us, be sure to go to Facebook, uh, like our uh, our our show page, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I've been doing this thing recently where I post pictures of of hidden crustaceans and see if Cameron can spot them, because he uh, he's uh, really bad at spotting hidden crustaceans. And it's actually... not my fault; they're expert <laughs> camouflagers. Okay, we've been got... over this. It's all nature. I got one coming up for you tonight, by the way, Cameron. So, so keep so keep an eye on your feed. Threat. <laughs> awesome. I got a hidden a hidden crustacean coming your way. Anyway, well, well, speaking of uh, podcast social medias, you can follow. How about ours? Uh, we're at No Highway Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and we have our No Highway Option YouTube channel, and that's all we have at the moment. I don't know why I also thought there was Facebook. more. Oh yeah, we do have a Facebook page. It's still at No Highway Pod. Yeah, and Luke can do the thing that he does. That is for him. Well, how does this uh, how does this come into play with Roadhouse? Um, it's a bar. I'm not sure. It, it it was it was a bar that closed. It does. I guess you could say kind of like how in the next movie they're gonna roll little balls of hamburger to to owls uh we're in the search for something that has to do with edible meat um there was once this restaurant in amherst massachusetts called rafters bar and grill which didn't have patrick swayze at it so has now since closed Mm. they had a recipe that we are desperately in search of so if anyone can get us in touch with the old owners of the rafters bar and grill we're really trying to replicate the yukon gold sauce i know connor especially is really hurting for it uh have them reach out never been to amherst massachusetts and uh just one before we tell you the phone number real quick luke are you feeling okay does your arm hurt because you're really stretched with that hoot thing ah okay to, if you want to call us and leave a message, if you want to say anything about the episode, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, if you want to put a movie into our random request roulette where we'll do a bonus episode on some movie that someone gives us, if you have the chicken recipe and want to tell Luke it, whatever you want, just More leave card. us a message and we'll play it on the air. It's uh, 301-941-7493. 
or 301941 size if you remember words better than numbers. And yeah, don't be afraid to leave a message. Uh, there have been calls from random places in Europe at like 2.30 in the morning that have just started a call and then hung up. Well, leave get ready I'm to uh, be inundated with calls from China with uh, requests for Kurt Russell movies. <laughs> hey, <laughs> they can go on the list. <laughs> we'll play your message on the air. Yeah. Yeah. We might add a little thing where we yell at you after it, but <laughs> now that you've told us your plan. <laughs> and thank you so much to Ian C. Weber for composing our theme song. This week, the C stands for Coors. Because, you know, Sam Elliott and Coors and, you know, cold as the Rockies and all that. Uh, follow the link in our show description to hear all of Ian's cool stuff. Well, guys, thanks for having us. Yeah, this was a real hoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. been it's been great. Yeah, all be right. sure to listen to Podcasting Paradise. Right on. And these, and for no highway option, I've been Luke. And I've been Connor. I've been Joe. Mm-hmm. And I am still Cameron. and these have been all of our opinions and if you didn't like them that's too bad because it's our way no No highway option there we go and as a reward for that that was something as a reward there we go as a reward here's the dunk oh you found it yeah honky kong beep beep The theme music for No Highway Option was created by Ian C. Weber. To hear more of Ian's music and see some of his videos and stuff, follow the new link in our show description. No Highway Option was co-created and co-hosted by Connor J. Burke and Luke Smith and produced by Connor.